0: Welcome back to the my podcast.
1: Podcast.
0: Your podcast. Give it back. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently it's Andrea's podcast, and I'm just here because cause cause I'm an accessory I to her. Allow it. <laughs> well, she does this thing where she just kinda like puts me in her purse. So I'm not mm-hmm. really even a living being to her. I'm just kind of like, you know, for the look.
1: When I'm wearing the right shoes.
0: Yeah. 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 My
1: run colored shoes. I like to have my run.
0: Colored Wren. <laughs> You're colored Wren. So um, today Andrea was going to tell me about a weird dream she had. That's not all we have for you. But that's it's a good, it. It's no, that's it. Okay, fine. Right. It's what we're going to at least start with <laughs> and maybe end with according to Andrea. No. so Andrea, <laughs> you wanted to tell me about this dream. What happened? Yes. You made it sound interesting, so it better be. I
1: always forget my fear before I get here, so I told Ren to, to remind me.
0: To remind her that she had a dream.
1: That I had a feared dream. It wasn't actually a scary. Well, it was a weird dream. So in my dream, mm-hmm. and I don't think I slept very well last night because I'm exhausted today.
0: Yeah. So it's this
1: dream's fault. Um. What happened? Thanks a lot. Dream. <laughs> yeah. Jerk. So I was back to being like late teens,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it was like one of those circumstances, like the society where suddenly there were no parents. Oh. Or adults, anybody older than really 18 or something.
0: Okay, so you are like, what, like 16, 17, late teens? Yeah. Oh, okay, when you said late teens, I pictured 18, 19, you're like, and parents were gone.
1: Yeah, and like I was like 17 or 18. Okay. And so like anybody really older than that was yeah. gone. But also all buildings were gone. So it wasn't what? like the society, like, it basically it was just a bunch of teenagers that had to like rough it. Yeah. Really hardcore, like, you know, yeah. live in... Live in the wild,
0: (laughs) build a lean to, yeah. Like, there's nothing, yeah, no buildings at all.
1: And then, some random kids, like teens and stuff, were chosen to be like technically royalty or in charge. So, basically, what it was was there were like one of those for every like six people, and um, they got to be waited on hand and foot and get everything good. And I was not one of them,
0: I would not be, I had to
1: like serve this one girl. And like wash her hair and do all this stuff, and
0: was she was she gross was she at least like okay
1: well, they were it was basically the rule that they treated us like shit, but what? I think I won her over, oh good, yeah, so that's my dream. <laughs> I was an indentured slave and
0: had to win over your had camper. to win over
1: a sixteen year old girl
0: well, that's <laughs> not. Really a great dream. I'm not no. going to lie. That's no, I'm
1: tired. <laughs> I'm really tired.
0: Yeah, she tuckered you out.
1: She did. She had me running all over the place doing shit for her, starting fires and...
0: but Start your own fires. Start
1: your own campfire.
0: Yeah, jeez. I'm not your uh, campfire starter. Tegan or whatever. I don't, I I don't knew even know how, how to nice start
1: though. a campfire. So, I mean, not unless you've got fire starter. And even then it's Two questionable.
0: rocks. <laughs>
1: yeah. I can't even start it with the actual fire starter stuff. You know, that foam stuff? Yeah. I've used that and I used an entire brick of it and could not get my campfire going, so.
0: Well, my excuse on the job would be that I have to wait for lightning So in the meantime, I just won't be able to do anything. Yeah, and therefore they'll just have to like be accepting my indentured servitude while I'm waiting for lightning to hit and start a fire.
1: That's a good idea. It'd be like I have to supervise this pile of wood until lightning strikes it.
0: Exactly. There's no (laughs) other way it could get wet. There are all sorts of things. I mean, there's no way the lightning
1: will strike it if I'm not here to watch.
0: So I might as well
1: just sit down.
0: What if an animal carries off that stick? That stick is important. Trust me, I am a lightning expert. (laughs) I know all about.
1: That's the lightning stick.
0: Yes, I'm stick and lightning expert. I'm a a double threat.
1: Double major. Yeah, Sticks and lightning.
0: My favorite uh, bachelor's degree, uh, (laughs) BA in sticks. Um, So related to that, I guess my weekly fear would be Hmm, camping sounds not great. <laughs>
1: it's not, not in my dreams.
0: No, I you definitely mean, don't
1: want to go camping in my dreams.
0: I mean, you've been camping a lot. Like, like you've been camping a lot throughout life. I've, I have too, and I was, I was okay with it. It's fine. I think I would enjoy it more now. Because I, I do it, I did it when we were kids, right? Mm-hmm. And I was just like, this is okay, but it's just like sleeping in a colder bed than normal. I know. Like, I don't know. There wasn't really an appeal. Like, we weren't really doing any cool shit like rock climbing or like canoeing or anything. We were yeah, just I know. at a campsite. We just
1: went into to tent. sleep outside. Yeah,
0: I could do that here too.
1: Could do that anywhere, really.
0: Yeah, they can't I mean, stop me. if you me. have a
1: fire pit, I think mean, it just makes more sense to have a fire and then go into your house at the end of the night.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like... I like the idea of some camping, like there's this really cool site uh, or area you can go to right outside Drumheller, Alberta, Mm -hmm. which is, uh, it's got all those like hoodoo rocks, right? Like they are ancient, like you're in Alberta and you're suddenly driving and then you're in prehistoric Alberta, which somehow stayed just (laughs) right there, just in Drumheller. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's my fear, having to sleep in a wet tent. I don't want that. That's terrifying. I
1: don't mind camping, but I haven't gone in a while, so.
0: Well, you never know what could happen. For instance, your lightning stick could go missing.
1: That's true. And then I would have to go home because there would be no possibility of a campfire.
0: No, no. no. There's only so many (laughs) lightning sticks in this world. So, Andrea, you weren't going to start, so I'm not sure why I addressed you that way. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> I'm actually gonna I start. I think you just
1: like to tell me what to do. That's what I'm getting from these past couple episodes.
0: <laughs> okay, I do actually. I'm. I, I have <laughs> to. Like
1: Andrea, you had a question.
0: Yeah, well, you did though. I mean, I know I had the paper though, I know. so I was the master of the paper, the you paper were, master. You were in if charge of
1: that interview.
0: I was. I felt. I just chitter like chattered. Yes, that's <laughs> true. But you probably charmed him more because I think that I, I think most people just in general are charmed. By uh, cutesy girls with high voices. It makes sense. That's me. That is...
1: I'm a cutesy girl with a high voice.
0: I mean, that's uh, true. (laughs) Objectively, your traits do align with that. Oh, that's what I was going to say. We have a theme for today's episode. Are you excited? Yes.
1: Wait for it. I know. I
0: was like, wait a minute. (laughs) I guess guess they can't reply verbally. (laughs) I was like staring at my microphone like, well...
1: I was like, there's a silence and I'm like... I guess I could answer yes I am excited <laughs> I mean
0: that would have been nice if you'd saved me from that misfortune <laughs> <I thought. laughs> yeah uh our theme uh we had a request
1: yes we did and then we didn't do it the end
0: okay but that's my life story but we kind of did I did
1: um sort of okay so what happened was a friend of ours Jocelyn
0: from the podcast frozen in time which
1: is discontinued
0: yeah but <laughs> you should go back and listen to it she's really good yeah
1: it was really good um Basically, she had asked like she. I don't think she actually requested this, but she was just wanting to like suggest to me to read about Mackamee Manor,
0: Oh which is yeah. like a
1: a real haunted house. Like it's not. I don't know if it's actually haunted itself, but it's one of those haunted houses that you go in, you walk through, and people jump out. And, yeah. But apparently, it's to the extreme, and so there are people like petitioning to get it closed down because it's. It's really extreme. Like, you can get injured. Yeah. Um, they, they make like, you eat weird shit, like, do you, gross I, stuff. And
0: I wonder if you have to write down your allergies beforehand. I bet you do. Cause, maybe. Because then you have to sign the waiver, and I'm sure they have to make sure they don't actually, like,
1: give you something you. that,
0: yeah, with milk or eggs you or something. You
1: do have to sign a waiver.
0: Yeah. That
1: says that it's not their fault if you die in there.
0: I mean, that's I'm true. pretty sure
1: if this is the same one that I read about years and years ago, you actually get beaten. Yep. And like chained and like locked in a freezer or whatever, like you can yep. a ton of shit can happen to you. So the yeah, waiver, I've heard that
0: one, they will like drag you down the.
1: Yeah, and the waiver ball. is basically releasing them from any legal. But I mean, if you go there, you know what you're doing, and you sign the waiver, so.
0: Well, and they are. Trained... Why shut it down?
1: Just don't go if you don't want to go. If you think it's too dangerous, don't do it.
0: You know, and that's I don't I mean like. I don't think they fully beat you, but I think, that, like, that there is something along those lines. Like, Yeah, it,
1: it, well, it's something... Do, they
0: manhandle you.
1: You can walk out bloody and bruised. Yes. For sure. Yeah. Um, I'm not entirely sure how it happens, because I write about it, I swear, like, probably five years ago, so...
0: My plot twist for that, with the whole, like, I'm sure they do have to take your allergies just for legality reasons thing, would be just to write down all the gross stuff I don't want them to put in my mouth... Under the allergies section, yeah. I'd be like, I'm allergic I'm sure to there spiders. Are, I'm,
1: sure there are I'm deadly
0: allergic to dirt and gross things.
1: <laughs> I'm sure people have tried that, so I suspect.
0: Well, they can't prove I'm not. Where they gonna fucking call they, my doctor? What they probably
1: say on the waiver is, "Do not participate if you have any allergies."
0: <laughs> That'd be crazy. Yeah. And if you are
1: participating and you have no allergies, sign this, and we are not responsible. That's hmm. probably. I mean, if they're doing things to this. Kind of extreme.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure all the proceeds go to like an animal charity too, which is funny. I actually did. I have heard <laughs> about this fine. place. That's yeah. fine with
1: me. Torture humans, give to animals.
0: I'm good <laughs> with it. That's <laughs> Andrea's dream. <laughs> it's my slogan. It's your dream job. So <laughs> it's just like beat people and drag them down a hallway and then give their money to a cat. Yeah, um,
1: or feed them to a cat.
0: I mean, th- there is that threat. Maybe they should consider it involving that. Um, So (laughs) instead of doing that request, which we just told you about. um, It inspired me. Yeah, it inspired us because you didn't tell me that part. Well, I didn't know that part. No. I, I hadn't looked it up yet. Oh.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, let's do haunted manners. I'll do this one and you do that one. And then I looked it up. I'm like, oh, this is not...
0: Not what she was talking about. Not along the
1: lines of what I thought it was. Yeah.
0: No. Okay. But at least (laughs) least we found some really cool, like, fucked up manners. Mine's not quite haunted, actually. Well, I'm sure it is because horrible things happen there and I'm about to tell you all about it.
1: Yeah. Mine doesn't talk much about the haunting either.
0: All right. So this... Okay. (laughs) Thanks. So this is Breeze Knoll and the Boogeyman of Westfield... Yeah, so brief summary, Breeze Knoll was a mansion in Westfield, New Jersey that saw a lot of bloodshed in the early 70s. Uh, so, And in a way, it might have even been one of the reasons for the violence. So it was once home to John Emile List, an American mass murderer and longtime fugitive, as happens when you're a murderer. (laughs) on november 9th 1971 john list killed his wife mother and three children then disappeared he had planned the murders so meticulously that nearly a month passed before anyone suspected that something was amiss List then formed a new identity, remarried, and evaded justice for nearly 18 years. He was finally apprehended in Virginia on June 1st, 1989, after the story of his murders was broadcast on the television program America's Most Wanted, which was new at the time.
1: Aww. Yeah. I was four.
0: It was a baby at the time. You weren't as was existing. I was a minus baby.
1: <laughs> you were a negative years old.
0: After extradition to New Jersey, he was convicted on on five counts of first-degree murder and sentenced to five consecutive terms of life imprisonment without parole. List cited critical financial problems, as well as his perception that his family members were straying from their religious faith as (gasps) his, I know, how dare they, as his rationale for the murders. (laughs) Well, that
1: makes sense then.
0: Yeah. I'm on his side. You forgot to go to church, so I'm going to do the the good thing and kill you. That's
1: the normal (laughs) thing.
0: That's how you deal with that in God's (laughs) eyes. Um, He reasoned that killing them would assure their souls a place in heaven where he hoped to eventually join them. Right. That's what happens when you do murder. Right? Not sure he's read the Bible. No. Did he forget? (laughs) (laughs) Like, he died in a prison in 2008 at the age of 82. Now I'm going to give you a little bit of background on our friend uh, Johnny Boy here. Love him. So, yeah, he's not actually our friend. No. Don't quote me. He's not. No. He's no one's friend.
1: He's more like a frenemy.
0: (laughs) He's more like a a bad person who's dead now. (laughs) So, personal history on the guy. He was born in Bay City, Michigan, and was the only child of German-American parents John Frederick List and Alma Maria Barbara Florence Hubinger List.
1: That's too much.
0: That's a lot of name. Like his father, (laughs) he was a devout Lutheran and a Sunday school teacher because, of course.
1: Of course. who never read the Bible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Didn't know
1: that not murdering was a... One of the commandments.
0: Isn't that kind of, like, the golden, like, the biggest one? That's one of the top ten. I think number one. Yeah. Wait,
1: no, wait. I don't think it is, but it's it's for sure, like, right up there. It's
0: right up there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, treat others the way you'd like to be treated in a more holy-sounding words, I think, is the golden rule. I and I think the I first would like one is, not is you're murdered. not
1: allowed to worship anybody but God. Oh. I'm not sure, though. I can't. Don't.
0: Well, that makes God sound don't. a little possessive, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, he's jealous.
0: Oh. Well, now I'm kind of into that. I kind of like people being possessive of <laughs> me. So, like his, yeah, so he was a Sunday school teacher. In 1943, he enlisted in the U.S. Army and served in the infantry as a laboratory technician during World War II. And after his discharge in 1946, he enrolled at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, where he earned a bachelor's degree in business administration and a master's degree in accounting.
1: So he got mad and Murdered out of boredom?
0: I was about to say, like, so he chose the most boring thing. I guess, like, (laughs) after the trauma of, like, World War II, maybe accounting just seemed like a good thing. I guess. And he was, uh, commissioned a second lieutenant through ROTC. In November 1950, as the Korean War escalated, List was recalled to active military service. At Fort Eustis in Virginia, he met Helen Morris Taylor, the widow of an infantry officer who was killed in action in Korea. Who lived nearby with her daughter Brenda? So List and Helen were married on December first, in nineteen fifty-one, in Baltimore, Maryland, and the family moved uh, to Northern California. The Army, wanting to utilize List's accounting skills, reassigned him to the U.S. Army Finance Corps. Like he could just not get away from these guys. It's corps. Uh, Off you go corpse. to the corpse. Go to the corpse. <laughs> The finance corpse. That's how I feel about accounting. I, I've like, I did math Everybody to Everybody there is a corpse. Yeah, basically. <laughs> the walking dead. Or the calculating dead. They're just dead. walking
1: around, they're, like, 52 times 78.
0: Like a zombie with a, like, what would it be, like, an abacus? Like, it's like, he's just, like, so sad. Um, yeah, so that... Sure happened, and uh after completion of his second tour in nineteen fifty two he worked for an accounting firm in Detroit and then as an audit supervisor at a paper company in a, a Kalamazoo, which I thought was funny that there's a place named a
1: that boo put them together, and what have you got Kalama Kalamazoo and murder and murder
0: <laughs> that's part of the song. <laughs> um disney cut it um so yeah so he was working at a paper company where his and helen's three children were born not at the paper company but in detroit <laughs> it's
1: just like really he unlucky is. all three times
0: yeah like and she just happened to be there every time she, she's <laughs> like i really think this place is cursed john um <laughs> So, yeah, um, by 1959, List had risen to general supervisor of the company's accounting department, but Helen, an alcoholic, had become increasingly unstable. Uh, Apparently, although I don't know about that. In 1960, (laughs) Brenda, which was, you know, Helen's original daughter, married...
1: (laughs) The OG daughter.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the OG. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Daughter number one. Daughter prime. Yeah. So the one that she'd had before uh, him, right? Yeah. So Brenda married and left the household, and List moved the remainder of his family to Rochester, New York, to take a job with Xerox, where he eventually became director of accounting services. So he's just had a really boring life so far. It's really boring. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, not the story, but Xerox accounting.
0: Right? Yeah. I mean... The, the army thing must have, yeah, I guess he just got into accounting after. But in 1965, he accepted a position uh, as vice president and comptroller at a bank in Jersey City. So he moved with Helen, their children, and his mother into Breeze Knoll.
1: Perfect. And this is where things get more interesting in Mr. List's life.
0: Yeah, this is where his life starts to take a turn for the less a- accounting. <laughs> so Breeze Knoll was a 19-room Victorian mansion at 431 Hillside Avenue in Westfield, New Jersey. They'd purchased the mansion for about $50,000, which was like the equivalent of a whole lot more now. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. too
1: lazy to look that up.
0: Um, they <laughs> like I looked up. Uh, there's another number that's four hundred thousand. It, it was a lot, and they were definitely living way above their means because of it. They're yeah. basically house poor, and I'm not sure why they thought they needed a 19 room mansion for three kids. But
1: I don't. Well, and a mom. I can see it.
0: 19 rooms.
1: You don't have to see your children all of the time that way.
0: I mean, you could pick like nine or ten rooms. That's true. That might knock off some of the price. Or you could I'd, buy <laughs> separate houses. yeah i don't i don't know i I just they bought a mansion okay Okay. that's what they wanted and it was named breeze knoll which i and i don't know why but i'm on board it's a cool name it is so while both list and his mother alma were devout churchgoers according to some reports the the rest of the family weren't necessarily as enthusiastic about his faith um his daughter patricia patty was rumored to be interested in the occult which was actually very, com- like, really common among youth in the late 60s and 70s, right? Yeah. So she got into some of that. Patricia was also interested in becoming an actress, which List thought was somehow religiously improper.
1: But murder is okay.
0: And the occult is too. But being an actress?
1: That's not good.
0: No, get out.
1: That is a commandment. And we're just like, no.
0: <laughs> Thou shalt not That's act. That's not
1: one of the commandments. I mean You're getting them mixed up. <laughs> yeah,
0: I feel like that's not how that that stone tablet read, but no. it's been a while since I picked up my own copy of the stone tablet. <laughs> yeah. Um It's
1: been a while since we were there reading it.
0: So. Yeah, I gotta dusted off. Yeah. Oh, my tablet.
1: I put it in the elevator.
0: Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> when I say tablet, I'm picturing like, you know, <laughs> it's just- It's just, I mean, like I say, let me go get my tablet, and someone's expecting me to come out with, like, a Kindle reader or something, and I come out (laughs) with just, like, a fucking stone tablet. I'm just like, it's not an original copy for Moses, but it's mine.
1: And I'm just like, like I'm going over to borrow my brother's tablet, and I pick this ancient religious artifact up and put it in the elevator shaft. You
0: just drag it, it along the floor. Safety. It's like making rock noises as you like heavily drag <laughs> it and then toss it into the elevator like whoop, boom. Finally. <laughs> safe
1: at last. Yeah.
0: In the elevator. Um, so the murders. Because this is where that went. Um, what? Um, yeah. He was getting a little... You know what? Maybe I accounting know does. I that's what this
1: podcast is about.
0: I mean... <laughs> 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 so, on November 9th, 1971, List methodically murdered his entire immediate family using his own 9mm Stair 1912 semi automatic handgun and his father's Colt Colt.22 caliber revolver.
1: I don't think that's necessary.
0: I know, and I'm not sure why he used two different guns. Did he
1: only have like two bullets for.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe <H>. he's like <laughs> ran like, out of bullets. Oh my god, bullet. this is
1: barely enough.
0: Yeah, like, jeez. So while his children were at school, he shot his wife, Helen, who was then 46, in the back of the head at the breakfast table. Then he shot his mother, Alma, who was 84, above the left eye. So she saw it coming. Can you imagine Aww. being a mom and... Yeah. <clears throat> so as his 16-year-old daughter, Patricia, and his young 13-year-old son, Frederick, arrived home from school, he shot each of them in the back of the head, all at close range, Then, after making himself lunch, List drove to his bank to close both his and his mother's bank accounts, and then he was off to Westfield High School to watch his elder son, the 15-year-old John Jr., play in a soccer game. So he literally, like, closed some bank accounts, made lunch, ate it, and watched a soccer game with his son in it Uh, after this murdering. And after driving John Jr. home, List shot him repeatedly because, as misfire evidence later showed, his son had attempted to defend himself.
1: Oh.
0: Yeah. Uh, List then dragged the bodies of his wife and children into the mansion's ballroom and laid their bodies atop sleeping bags. He left his mother's body in her apartment in the attic. And I'm not sure why he left her there. I guess it was probably hard to... Bring down from the attic is the only thing I can Oh, think. maybe. Yeah, I don't know what he was doing. In a five-page letter to his pastor found on the desk in his study, he wrote that he saw too much evil in the world and he had killed his family to save their souls. He then cleaned the various, like, crime scenes, turned the temperature in the mansion way down, carefully cut his own picture out of every family photograph in the house, tuned the radio to a religious station and vanished
1: i'm never getting married <laughs> you never know what's gonna happen
0: well not to an accountant
1: not to an accountant
0: in that case you know it's gonna be one of two things either they go crazy from boredom and murder you or they're an accountant
1: that yeah and i Bad murder enough. myself
0: yeah <laughs> from boredom yeah if how they is talk work the, honey and they go into detail I'm like, about no, it never mind yeah, like you just put your finger to their lips after 20 minutes of hearing about it. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to all accountants out it's there. Like, I'm well, sure well, I calculated
1: it's cool. 15% interest of blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh, no, no. I'd
0: be no. like, this is like taking my stats course again. I can't handle this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the murders were not discovered until December 7th, nearly a month later. Holy shit. Right? Due in part to the family's reclusiveness and refusal to like socialize. Although some neighbors said that they were pretty chill, actually. That sounds
1: like a me thing.
0: Yeah, it's that <laughs> if you I mean but I would notice because I'd go to your place for game night and be like yeah. um
1: so it would you're only be looking a little
0: dead and this is bad <laughs> yeah and in part uh you know they figured it out obviously what happened like to notes sent by list uh to the children's schools and part-time jobs stating that they would be visiting their maternal grandmother in North Carolina for a few weeks due to illness um like saying he basically said that they're you know, they'd be missing from these places because, uh, Grandma's six, so I'm taking them there to visit her. hmm Yeah. Helen's mother was, in fact, ill at the time, and she had canceled a visit to Westfield because of it. Had she made the trip, List later said she would have been his sixth victim. Oh. So he was gonna kill Helen's mom, too. Good thing she didn't show up.
1: Although she's probably not thinking that way.
0: No, probably not. He also stopped all the milk, mail, and newspaper deliveries, so he had everything pretty wrapped up. Neighbors noticed that all of the mansion's rooms were illuminated day and night with no apparent activity within them, and after the light bulbs began burning out one by one, they began to worry and called the police. Now, when the police entered the mansion and found the bodies... They also heard church music still Ugh. playing over the intercom.
1: Gross. So
0: you're stumbling upon all these bodies, and there's like organ pipes playing Gross. throughout the house. No. It's creepy as fuck. <laughs> so, Westfield, right, where no violent crimes had been committed since 1963, received national attention as the site of the most notorious felony in New Jersey since the kidnapping and murder of the Lindbergh baby. Right? So a nationwide manhunt was launched and police investigated hundreds of leads without success. <laughs> <laughs> they did not do it right. <laughs> Shocker. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know.
1: Blows my mind.
0: I know. That never happens. I thought
1: police were the be-all and end-all of crime solving.
0: They don't try that hard with that part. But if, if someone needs a parking ticket, they are on it.
1: Thank goodness, because Jesus Christ.
0: We need that. People
1: parking all willy-nilly. <laughs> what kind of world would this be?
0: Makes me wish I had some pearls to clutch right about now. <laughs> yeah, so all reliable photographs of List had been destroyed. Obviously, he cut himself out of the photos. Um, the family car was found parked at John F. Kennedy Airport in New York City, but there was no evidence that he had boarded a flight. Alma's body was flown to Frankenmuth, uh, hmm. Michigan? Michigan. Frankenmuth? Frankenmuth. I don't know. Uh, Michigan. I have no idea. Uh, yeah, there. And <laughs>
1: Frankenstein.
0: Yeah, Just it's an difference. interesting name. Yeah, Uh, and she was interred at the, uh, St. Lorenz Lutheran Cemetery. Helen and her three children were then buried at... Fairview Cemetery in Westfield, so Alma was buried elsewhere, yeah. Breeze Knoll remained empty until it was mysteriously destroyed by arson in August of 1972, nine months after the murders, and that's a crime that remains officially unsolved. No one knows who burned this place down. Uh, destroyed along with the home was the ballroom's stained glass skylight, rumored to be a signed Tiffany original, worth at least 100000 at the time, which is equivalent to 600000 but- Last year in 2018, and if true, this glass alone could have paid off List's debts.
1: So he, he killed them because he couldn't support them.
0: That was one of his main reasons, and you'll you'll see exactly why in a bit. But like he could have avoided, yeah. So okay. a new house was eventually built on the site in 1974. Though many locals still refer to the property as the List House. So here's how they got him.
1: They hired someone who is not a cop. <laughs>
0: I guess. <laughs> in 1971, as the FBI later discovered, List had traveled by train from New Jersey to Michigan and then Colorado. He settled in Denver in early 1972 and took an accounting job. Of course. Of course. It's his one love.
1: He just can't get away from my... it. Yeah. He's passionate about it. It's his one true love. Like you said, it's just his It's his thing.
0: You see, that's how... Um, he's
1: an accounting bad boy.
0: That's how deities curse you. When you murder people, the punishment is that you will never, ever get away from being an accountant ever again.
1: It is like joining the mob. <laughs> Those accountants will not let you go.
0: You find them in a dark alley snapping their fingers um, <laughs> with calculators. <laughs> it's terrifying.
1: Their pocket protectors.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> well, okay. so, yeah. And like, so he took this job and uh, assumed the name Robert Peter, so Bob Clark. Which was, like, apparently the name of one of his college classmates, although the real Bob Clark later asserted that he had never known List, which, fair. Um, From 1979 to 1986, he was the controller at a paper box manufacturer outside Denver. He joined a Lutheran congregation and ran a carpool for shut-in church members. And at one religious gathering, he met an Army PX clerk named Dolores Miller and married her in 1985. In February 1988, the couple moved to uh, Midlothian, Virginia, where List, still using the name Bob Clark, resumed work as an accountant. (laughs) Dang it, Bob Okay, anyway, yeah, so in May 1989, the by then 18-year-old crime uh, was recounted on the television program America's Most Wanted, right, during its first year on the air. Interestingly enough, List was reportedly a fan of the show, though he just happened to miss that particular episode. (laughs) Yeah. So the report featured an age-progressed clay bust sculpted by forensic artist Frank Bender, which turned out to bear a close resemblance to List's uh, current appearance at the time. Yeah. He wasn't
1: bad at his job.
0: No, Frank Excellent. Bender did excellently Good with job, this. Good Frank. Thank you, Frank Bender. <laughs> the show's host, John Walsh, had lost his own son to murder, right? And so he asked viewers for tips on the case, you know, because it felt yeah. personal to him. On June 1st, less than two weeks after the broadcast, List was arrested at a Richmond accounting firm after a Denver neighbor, Wanda Flannery, recognized the description from the show and alerted authorities. So this all just came together. List continued to stand by his alias for several months, even after extradition to Union County, New Jersey in late 1989, but finally, faced with irrefutable evidence, including a fingerprint match from his military records, and then with evidence found at the crime scene, he confessed his true identity on February 16th, 1990.
1: Way to stick to your guns.
0: Oh, woof! <laughs> oh, you didn't realize that one, did you? chat. no, not. I had no idea. Gonna, I know. <laughs> okay. Um, hey, so. I can do puns. That was a nasty one. Um, <laughs> so during the trial, List testified that his financial difficulties had reached a crisis level in 1971 when the Jersey City bank closed and he lost his job. To avoid sharing this uh, humiliating development with his family, he spent each work day sitting at the Westfield train station, reading newspapers until it was time to come home. So he was pretending to go work, right? He skimmed money from his mother's bank accounts to avoid defaulting on his mortgage. He said he was also dealing with his wife's alcoholism and her untreated tertiary syphilis, which was apparently contracted from her first husband and had been concealed for like... 18 years. <laughs> um, but Jeez. that's, yeah, bias. I don't know about that, right? Like maybe, yeah, but how do you hide syphilis for I 18 mean, years when it progresses to a really deathly state? I don't know. Yeah. Because,
1: so tertiary syphilis, I don't know.
0: Oh, yeah. Exactly.
1: But, and I don't know when the, Cure for syphilis was invented.
0: Yeah, but I mean, there isn't any full cure.
1: You can't like, you can't reverse like the brain damage and some of the other damage.
0: Yeah, so it's possible
1: that she just had like some brain damage from it. It's possible, and she was because I assume
0: this was his testimony, though. Yeah, yeah,
1: (laughs) but I assume if he didn't have syphilis, then Then, she probably didn't have like. Active syphilis.
0: That's a good point. Yeah, because he, they definitely had children, so he yeah. would have contracted it. Yeah. So, according to trial testimony, Helen had pressured List into marriage by falsely claiming that she was pregnant, then insisted that they get married in Maryland, which did not require the premarital syphilis test mandated in most other states at the time.
1: Weird. That's what? an
0: interesting test that was mandated. I mean, I think
1: syphilis can go dormant, too, so maybe that's...
0: Yeah, exactly. Like... Though her health progressively deteriorated, she said nothing to List or her physicians until 1969, when a thorough workup revealed the condition, according to him. But I'm guessing they did double-check this. Okay. Um, By then, progression of the disease combined with her excessive alcohol consumption had, according to testimony, (laughs) quote, transformed her from an attractive young woman to an unkempt and paranoid recluse, who frequently, and often publicly, humiliated List, comparing his sexual prowess unfavorably with that of her first husband. Okay. Uh, Oh, jeez.
1: I mean, it's rude, but not It's not (laughs) murder-worthy.
0: No, like, I'm getting a real Walter White vibe from this guy. Um, A court-appointed psychiatrist testified that List suffered from obsessive-compulsive personality disorder. The psychiatrist also claimed that List... For some reason, saw only two solutions to his situation. Accept welfare or kill his family and send their souls to heaven.
1: Not sell the skylight.
0: Or the mansion.
1: Or the mansion. You could just sell the mansion. Just, yeah, there's only those two options.
0: Only those options. No <laughs> other way to not be house poor in your ginormously like unnecessary house. Yeah, so welfare was, to him, an unacceptable option because it would expose him and his family to, like, ridicule and violate his authoritarian father's teachings regarding the care and protection of family members, so his father had been a bit like that. Yeah. On April 12th, 1990, List was convicted of five counts of first-degree murder. At his sentencing hearing, he denied direct responsibility for his actions. And here's a quote from him, quote, "'I feel that because of my mental state at the time, I was unaccountable for what happened.' I ask all affected by this for their forgiveness, understanding, and prayer. The judge was not convinced. <laughs> Here's a quote from the judge. Quote, John Emil List is without remorse and without honor, he said. After 18 years, 5 months, and 22 days, it is now time for the voices of Helen, Alma, Patricia, Frederick, and John F. List to rise from the grave. So the judge imposed a sentence of five terms of life imprisonment to be served consecutively, which was the maximum permissible penalty at the time. Okay. I'm, I think that's fair. Yeah. More than fair. So List filed an appeal of his convictions on the grounds that his judgment had been impaired by post-traumatic stress disorder due to his military service.
1: Of course he would.
0: Yeah, of course. He also argued that the letter he left behind at the crime scene, which was essentially his confession, was a confidential communication to his pastor and therefore inadmissible as evidence. Okay. Mm. A federal appeals court rejected both arguments. Good. (laughs) List eventually expressed a degree of remorse for his uh, crimes. So here's a quote from him. Quote, I wish I had never done what I did, he said. I've regretted my action and prayed for forgiveness ever since. When asked by Connie Chung in uh, 2002 why he had not taken his own life, he said he believed that suicide would have barred him from heaven, where he hoped to be reunited with his family. Suicide, but not murder, apparently. (sighs) So his death. List died of complications from pneumonia at age 82 on the 21st of March 2008 while in prison custody at St. Francis Medical Center in Trenton, New Jersey. In reporting his death, the Newark Star-Ledger referred to him as, quote, the boogeyman of Westfield.
1: He was a boogeyman.
0: That's true. He was indeed a boogeyman.
1: Yeah, he's a jerk. Uh,
0: evil is pretty accurate. I don't <laughs> know how he thought, like, suicide would send him to hell, which I, I get that a lot of religious people do, but not murder.
1: Yeah, you can't. You just you can't do either.
0: Yeah, you're not supposed <laughs> to do either of those things. Yeah. At all. And you could have just sold the house or the skylight. But or... if
1: one's worse, I would say murder. So Uh
0: yeah. At least with suicide you're only taking yourself down. Yeah. But oh, Yeah. So I mean, Andrea of uh, what? I mean, yeah. I, have to say. I mean I guess he was in an interesting place, but yeah. I'm glad they caught him in any case. Yeah, me eventually. too. Eventually.
1: So I have something different. Yeah. Which is also the same.
0: Um what?
1: It's a murder house too.
0: Oh jeez. Yeah. You guys are getting a lot of murder houses.
1: This one's in Australia.
0: Oh, okay. So finally we get a non American one.
1: Yes. I did that on purpose. <laughs> <Shout> <laughs> Sorry Americans. To Australia.
0: Hey <laughs> Australia. <laughs> Australia.
1: Sorry Americans, but all of my stories are from you guys.
0: That's true. A so, lot of bad things happen <laughs> at, around you guys.
1: Yeah. No offense. Um, anyway, moving on.
0: <laughs> yeah, tell tell me about this. So this
1: happened in a Melbourne suburb, which is apparently how you pronounce it.
0: What was this called?
1: Easy Street Murders.
0: Oh, geez. The
1: Easy Street Murders. There's this place called Easy Street that had, like, laser tag and, like, arcade games and stuff that everyone went to for their birthdays when I was a tween oh just thought i'd mention that it's not this place apparently i was gonna say
0: (laughs) uh, that australia would have been a long way for you to go for a birthday
1: (laughs) yeah so police have announced a reward of one million dollars that would lead to like for info that would lead to like helping to solve this case because it's unsolved
0: to this day i
1: apologize yes so, here we go. Susan Bartlett and Suzanne Armstrong, 27 and 28 years old, were friends. They had gone to school together in the country when they were kids.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then when they grew up, they moved to the city and lived at 147 Easy Street, Collingwood.
0: Such a wild-like name.
1: It's interesting. Yeah. Um, I chose it because of the name because
0: it was interesting. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh,
1: so, uh, the suburb was quiet and it was a working class area. And the two of them really fit in there. And Armstrong had a 16-month-old named Gregory, mm. and they were close to their friends that lived in the city, so this was, like, perfect for them.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah, good setup.
1: But on January 10th, 1977, a killer entered the house and sexually assaulted Armstrong in her bedroom. Oh,
0: no. Leaving
1: her body on the floor with her nightdress <sighs> pulled up.
0: Oh, my God.
1: She was stabbed 25 <gasps> times. What? Yeah. Um, Bartlett had run to help her. Yeah. and been killed herself and she was found mm. in the hallway face down slashed and stabbed 55 times
0: like this sounds personal
1: right and they assumed that it was sexually motivated because the son wasn't hurt right so little baby gregory was okay
0: so it wasn't necessarily someone who just really liked killing yeah because why then not they would kill have the baby? him yeah i'm glad that they At didn't least,
1: yeah um but unfortunately they weren't found till 2 days later. Oh no. Uh, and they were surrounded by blood when they were found and the reason that a neighbor came was because she heard Gregory crying.
0: Oh. Cuz 2
1: days just alone with
0: he's just a baby. Dead bodies, yeah. Oh my god. Um
1: Can you that imagine? same neighbor had left a note on the door before that saying that their dog was roaming the streets. What? Right? Like she hadn't gone in but she left a note for them saying, "Hey, heads up your dog is loose and just roaming the streets
0: oh why don't the you killer probably just left the. yeah like the dog probably snuck out when the killer left oh okay. yeah
1: so um and then someone else left a note on the kitchen table why are
0: they leaving notes and not just bringing the dog in and looking around i don't know okay um
1: apparently they just didn't suspect anything right away yeah it was only two days right
0: oh yeah that's a good point
1: so another note on the kitchen table was from armstrong's boyfriend he had actually gone into the house, hadn't noticed the bodies what? because parent, like one was in the bedroom one was in the hallway. So, right. And he probably just went from the front door to the kitchen. Yeah. So he and his brother actually both came in and the boyfriend mm-hmm. left a note saying, ring Barry as soon as you get home. Okay. But he never got the call, of course. Yeah. But now they have a few leads. Like they didn't really back then – that they have a few leads now that they're still looking at. Good. Gregory was actually adopted by Armstrong's sister and he's had contact with his father. So, like, he's allowed to see his biological father. Okay. Um, There is suspicion about why the child wasn't harmed, so they're thinking maybe it was the father
0: oh okay so that's what yeah, yeah but they like he
1: wouldn't have killed his son although i don't think that he would also leave him there for two days so i don't
0: know no because he could yeah like you, you might as know. well
1: kill him if you're gonna just leave him there to starve
0: yeah you don't know how long it's gonna take yeah. yeah
1: you don't know it's just gonna be two days and also well i mean like so the other theory is that he just wasn't harmed because there wouldn't have been any like sexual gratification from killing a child so
0: yeah it's so. really
1: about killing the women
0: yeah um, or at least killing the one woman and maybe because the other one got in the way yeah
1: you know. so the boyfriend and father of gregory
0: mm-hmm. could have
1: been ruled out due to dna right artist steve cox made artwork of the terrace opposite his house when the, like it was he lived across from them when the murders occurred so he made some art of their house which i didn't see or anything and i got this off reddit
0: right um like you found most of the yeah yeah
1: most of the story because this is actually a really short story if you look it up yeah there's more details if you like dig deeper into reddit (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's Reddit, right? So you want to only find the stuff that actually, like, has some backup links.
1: Exactly. Yeah, so
0: I get you, And it makes sense because it's still a mystery.
1: Yeah. So there are links, maybe, between this and the disappearance and suspected murder of American tourist Julie Garcia Soleil Yeah. in 1975. So she worked as a library assistant in Melbourne, and July 1st, an unnamed reporter and two of his friends were at her flat. Right. And... They said that she stepped outside to take a phone call, Yeah. but when her sister dropped by the next day, she found a blood-soaked towel and underwear strewn, strewn
0: around. Like, strewn. Well,
1: like, yeah, Okay.
0: (laughs) Wait, what? So...
1: (laughs) There was, like, a blood-soaked towel somewhere strewn across the floor, and underwear strewn strewn across the floor.
0: Okay. Probably just one pair. Yikes.
1: I I know, they made it sound like... When you say strewn, it sounds like it's, like, all throughout the house, but...
0: Yeah, but I, I know I know what they mean. But like, so was she this uh, reporter lady staying at the this house?
1: Uh, no. So this girl wasn't an, a reporter. She had a reporter and his two friends over.
0: Oh, yeah. okay.
1: And then this is her sister who discovered the blood-soaked towel and underwear. Yeah. So this unnamed journalist was never arrested. What? They never really, yeah. Um, one of the two men that was with him, uh, Rice Tommy Collins, had a violent criminal history, but he died in
0: 1998.
1: Oh. So Rice Tommy Collins had an alibi, but he, for some reason, gave conflicting information to police.
0: Yeah, so that's So pretty-
1: he couldn't have done it, but he gave conflicting information for some reason. So
0: maybe he was covering for someone he didn't have a very good story.
1: Yeah, maybe. Um, and then Yikes. the other man that was with the journalist, he had a criminal history as well and owned a gun shop. And he was noted as a person of interest and apparently could be tied to the crime. So,
0: hmm. yeah. So these are like two separate things that happened him. Yeah, these
1: are two separate murders, but they're thinking that they're linked.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, no.
1: So it's either this journalist killed Susan Bartlett and Suzanne Armstrong yeah. and killed... Julie Garcia SLA
0: Yeah
1: <laughs> or uh the f- fathered like or they knows. considered
0: the father but they're giving they consider
1: them linked for some reason but they aren't necessarily who knows well
0: they're hopefully. just thinking there
1: might be a link
0: well and there might be right like i mean that's the thing like uh, the police probably have a lot more details than like than you can find right now since it's an ongoing case yeah so it's really hard to say um yeah so if anyone has any tips in australia like if you know anyone along these lines or names yeah, or that go area, to Crime stoppers <laughs> yeah um, go to australian crime stoppers
1: Apparently I, it's the same one.
0: What yeah. that's a lot of crime to stop.
1: That's what the Reddit said.
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of crime in a lot of places. I know. If they're doing all of it, man. That's I a tough gig. Google no, it. <laughs> I know. I'm Just sh- Google it. <laughs> you g yeah, definitely say something. That, like <laughs> Yikes. So yeah. easy street. Mm. Yeah. Well that's sad. I know. Oh no. I'm I mean I'm glad the child lived though. So there's yeah. that. And Gregory's at least they're okay. still
1: looking into it apparently. Yeah, you I'm know? glad
0: that they didn't just drop it. Yeah. Good. So yeah, if you have any tips, uh, do that. Uh yes. Crime stoppers, do it. Um, and go to our
1: Patreon. Patreon.com slash two scared siblings.
0: Yeah, not to tell us about things you have no. uh, things you know about crimes, but we like not
1: do anything about the crimes. <laughs>
0: there are only so many crimes we can handle (laughs) but um yeah so our one dollar tier will get you a special shout out and you can guess to say something weird and our five dollar tier you get all the same stuff except more weird things and also bonus episodes at the end of every month that are really cool and one will be coming out i still haven't changed
1: the tiers, which is why we haven't said anything weird yet i do have to change the tiers.
0: yes you do i'm getting there yeah (laughs) lazy anyway well then we gotta pin it on our twitter which is at two scared sibs
1: yes my personal one is at andrea Noel three
0: and mine's at toy carousels and now to cheer you up because that was all a whole bunch of bummer wasn't it yes Yes, you're welcome to cheer you up we shall give you smooches andrea you go first wait you always go first okay i always do i'm gonna kiss now Mm -hmm. sleep well